The biblical definition of love means action. It means that we live in a way that is obedience to God and kind and merciful and good to the people around us. We know this when we read the Bible. But when you read the Bible, you also can't help but notice that the biblical definition of love involves affection. It involves caring about God and his kingdom and his people, loving them from your heart. So how do we do both of those things? And what if you're the kind of person who just doesn't feel all that much or or gets too emotional or excited about too many things? Is it still possible to love God and his people with deep affection? I'm Drew Moss. I work with the Table Campus Ministry, and today in the studio, I've got Randy Butler, who also works at the table with me, and we're going to be breaking that down a little bit, talking about her own experience as someone who is a task-oriented person who loves to accomplish things and check off the list, and what it has looked like for her as a doer to become, if you will, a bit of a uh, someone who feels love for other people and feels love for the Lord. We hope that this will be beneficial for you. This last weekend, Randy, you and I were at our college retreat in Skyatook, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had, uh, there's uh, us and 80-ish students there hanging out. Um, and around the corner, around the edges, kind of as we're just kind of hanging out in between things and students are do, doing stuff, there's a moment where before we get started on one of our sessions, uh, you and Alec and Rachel and I are all just kind of hanging out chatting. And in this moment, I learned something about you that I never knew before. Mm-hmm. And it, I was shocked. I was mostly shocked just that I did not know this. And that is that what? I have a black belt in Taekwondo. You are a black belt in Taekwondo. Yes. And I had no idea. I mean, if you had just asked me, like, could Randy beat up most of the people in our offices? Then I would have said, yeah, probably so. But I would not have known how. And now I know exactly how. Uh, with a high with a high kick to the head is right. how it probably we would call have been. it a turning kick a turning kick see <laughs> I'm a what's what is there something below a white belt in no it's I'm just a, white white's a, the bottom okay well I think I'm still somehow white might be the bottom but I think if I signed up they would be like we're not even giving you a belt yet you're just gonna have to you're that gonna have to earn wheels. that white belt yeah, yes <laughs> that would not be me but here's the thing so that was um, I was shocked because. I've known you for so long and didn't know that, right? Like we've Mm -hmm. known each other, I don't know, 12, 13 years. You've worked on staff at the table for three years now. This is my third, yeah. Yeah. And you're one of my wife's closest friends, right? So like all these things, like that's where I was shocked. I "I can't believe I've known you this long and not known that. But I was not surprised when, when, you know, you told me that. It just took me a few seconds to go, oh yeah, that adds up. That totally makes sense, um, because you are a uh, you are a you're just a doer. Like you just do things, you accomplish things, you get things done. Uh, that's kind of your your reputation, would you say? I, yes, and it's fair, right? Yeah, that's a fair assessment. It's yeah. fair. <laughs> um, we we talk a lot at the table on our staff about how. 
um, we would basically just drown if Randy was not a part of the staff it's making sure true. things happen. <laughs> we, we might not drown, but it would be a lot more messy and a lot more seat of our pants and all of those things. I think you and Alec could really rise to the occasion. <laughs> I think you could do it pull together. You we could would do have it. a, I am a, not even a white belt in organization. So that is my, <laughs> actually, I'm growing in that. I've That's been, true. I've been, I've worked with a planner for the last yes. few years, but it takes for me, like, I have to be very, very intentional and disciplined because it's not like my natural, right? Yeah. Um, so I am growing. I am working. But this to you, like you are, you are a in a lot of ways task oriented. Mm-hmm. You are a, you you accomplish things. You like to get things done. Check things off the list, right? Um, and yet, you are also one of you know when I think of people who have strong uh, affections for the Lord. And really just, not just, not just, man, do the right thing, but, but really love him. Mm-hmm. And, and I think love his church and his people. I, I, I think of you. I think that fits you. And so that's why I wanted to talk to you today, because I think as we talk through a little bit further this idea of love being both action and feeling, mm-hmm. uh, that it's something, yes, we do. Uh, and it, it involves obedience. It involves the way we treat other people. But it does also involve like warmth and mm-hmm. tenderness towards our brothers and sisters and towards God. And, and so the, you're a person who seems to kind of encapsulate those things. I know I'm, it's Praise weird, the for, Lord. Yeah, weird for people to say this stuff to your face and all those things, but, but you do. And so uh, I want to just talk with you a little bit about that. And, and what we want to do in these is we just want to try to take an idea that, you know, I got to preach on this last Sunday that might leave some people with some questions and they might be going, man, I, I don't know if that fully makes sense. And we want to try to take this and make it a little bit more concrete. And so I just want to, I want to talk to you a little bit. Talk to me first. Uh, I want to talk on the action side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think love is action, when you think mm-hmm. love means like that, I, I live in a certain way. I do certain things. Like what, what does that look like for you most mm-hmm. often? I think that looks like an obedience, right? It's the things like a measure of I'm reading my Bible and I am praying and I'm gathering with God's people. And it's the things I can kind of easily check off a list, mm. like the things in step mm-hmm. um, that I am doing. And now, I will say in the early years, that probably looked more like the pharisaical side of a okay. checklist. Yeah. Um, that is something the Lord had to kind of reveal over time that I could lean into that because mm. um, the Bible says to do it and then you do it, right? Yeah. That's a little bit my personality. Yes, yes. Okay, it says that's what we do, and yeah. so that's what we do. Um, and I don't know that I needed to know why necessarily, but if it says it, that's what we do. Yeah. Um, submission would be in the same category of that. Like, how do we submit? Okay, but it says I submit, so we're going to submit. Yeah. Um, and so just as I was reading Scripture, just began to make kind of a list of yeah. things um, <laughs> that I could do and check off. And it, relationally, I mean, that looks like trying to figure out how to serve someone mm-hmm. and then realizing over time that people are served differently. Yes. Right? I think of your sweet wife yes. who loves gifts, and I am terrible at giving uh, gifts. You and me both. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but realizing like how I want to serve doesn't fit all of my relationships. Mm. And so what does that look like when it doesn't quite line up? Yeah. Um, and how I would want to be served does not fit someone else. And so my loving in action, like they could be grateful for, but they don't feel very loved at the mm-hmm. end of it because that wasn't how they feel love. Mm-hmm. 
So figuring out there's different ways that that plays out yes. was key for me. No, I, that's something I, I again, I've, I've just known and seen about you because you and my wife, Amy, are close and connected and stuff. And I know that that's something you, you have put effort into, uh, her gift giving. She loves to give gifts yep. and then receiving them as a way for love. And it is, it's something I've had to grow in <laughs> for that reason. You know what I mean? And, and just trying to figure out how do I show love? But I've seen that in you, that you, I'll get texts from you every now and then. Hey, what would Amy, does Amy have this yet? Or does, you know what I mean? Yep. Those kinds of things. Talk with me though, for a second, how, how have you grown from you? Because you mentioned at the beginning that like probably in some ways your your actions mm-hmm. were more pharisaical than from a place of love or from a place of grace. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about how you discern the difference. Because we this is one of the things we talked about. Hey, yeah. you know, the kind of love that we're called to in Scripture, you know, means doing the right thing even when it's hard, mm-hmm. right? And so it can be easy to just buckle down and do the right thing through gritted teeth all the yep. time. I think there's even a place for that. I think sometimes we do the right thing through gritted teeth, mm-hmm. but that cannot be where we live from. Yep. And and it can be easy to do the right thing through gritted teeth and then look around at everybody else who's not doing as many uh-huh. right things through gritted teeth or whatever, you know what I mean? Like I'm working my tail off over here and, and so-and-so's not. And then, and then we begin to lose the love aspect. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about how you kind of found yourself growing through that mm-hmm. and how you kind of discern the difference between them. I think it really was reading through Philippians. There was a time in Philippians, and I kept hitting the first part, just the first chapter. Hmm. And it was Paul talking about his affection for these people. Right, he's writing this letter, and it's like his affections in Jesus Christ, and it kind of hit me that I, I don't know that that's how I loved like the Lord, and it wasn't how I loved people, um, like it was a deep affection for them, um, but I wanted that, like, um, like I could see that and how he loved the church and how to serve them well, and not just be a checklist for him, like he loved them deeply, and so I kind of had to do the work of sitting with the Lord in that and asking him to change some pieces of me, like mm. to change my desires. Um, Cause there's a piece of that, that the Holy spirit just has to do. Like I can't yeah. make it happen and I can't force it. Even the timing of it. Right. I think it's taken years of the Lord refining me um, to be where I am now by his grace. Um, the other piece I had to take a step back was I had some affections like for uh, being noticed Mm. right for the serving like yeah. you don't really want to be seen but you kind of want to be seen yeah um and so i had to realize there were some affections in me that were not of the lord mm. that needed to be worked through that i had to let go of so my affections could be um from a place of like a genuine love for the lord and a genuine love for his people yeah so that was a piece of it and then um asking good questions of other people right the people that are like good at this mm. like their intentions and how they ask questions and how they sit with people and it's not a list mm-hmm. like they really you just sit across from them and they feel so warm and they, you feel so um, just comfortable and like you want to share your life and you want to open up to them and so sitting with them and kind of learning like how they did that and trying to grow in that and again it's asking the lord again and again like help foster these. And then it was adding the pieces of like, how do I pray for my brothers and sisters? Yeah. 
right? The deep prayers that Paul is praying for that, yeah. right? That you would grow in maturity, that you would grow in your love of the gospel, you would grow in the—and the more I prayed those things, like there was a deep affection that could grow for them because I'm praying for deep things in them, and I want them to to succeed at this. And so then I was trying to figure out how do I how do I help you grow in that? How do I help like us grow in this? Yeah. And so praying through and even studying God's word became different because then it was less like finding the right answers and more like I love this Lord so mm-hmm. much and I want to know him well mm-hmm. and I want to like journal. So I had to kind of change some of my habits, not okay. just reading it, but how do I like journal and sit with the Lord? How do I meditate on his word? Not just like read through it robotically, yeah. but let it kind of do a work okay, in yeah. me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, okay, I want to. Ooh, part of me wants to start keep going down this lane and and asking about how even like you kind of grow these affections and mm. cultivate them. But I'm going to press pause for just a second, okay. and then we'll. I want to close with that because okay. I want I want to talk a little bit about that uh, as we close. Just giving some people some thoughts towards those things. Mm-hmm. I want to take a minute and you know I I would say along the fact that you are you are not. Uh, you are more of a task-driven, you know, get things done type personality. Uh, I would say that you are not generally uh, described as emotional very often. Is that fair? That is very fair. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, and that's. But and this is why. Uh, again, I think this is important for us to pause and talk through. I, on Sunday, we we talked about the difference actually between emotions and affections, mm-hmm. and that it is possible to not be necessarily a very emotional person mm-hmm. or, or a very expressive person um, and to still be a person of deep affections, mm-hmm. that you can be more of a concrete, black and white, those <laughs> kinds of things. And that doesn't mean that you don't experience affections, right? Yeah. So um, what I, I almost did this on Sunday and I just decided it's probably too much. It'd be, it'd be information overload. So I figured we'd parse this out a little bit here in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Edwards is uh, an old Puritan writer uh, trivia fact, grandfather of Aaron Burr, for those of you Hamilton fans. Oh. Uh, yeah. So the guy shot Hamilton. And Jonathan Edwards was his grandpa, and he, he wrote a ton. One of, one of the big preachers from uh, the Great Awakening, I think it was the second Great Awakening, actually, in America, and uh, a ton of writing on the idea of what he calls religious affections. Mm-hmm. And in his writings, he actually differentiates between affections and emotions and I, in, in five different ways. And I thought these were really helpful. So I just wanted to kind of talk through these a little bit and, sure. and read through them in comparison. Uh, Edward says, affections are long-lasting mm-hmm. while emotions are fleeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that our emotions are something that I, I, I experience in a given moment, mm-hmm. whether uh, someone makes me mad Uh, or I'm watching a sad movie, or I'm singing songs to the Lord, Uh, they can kind of come and go, whereas affections are a something steady. They Mm -hmm. remain, like your love for your kids, right? Um, Next one, he says, uh, affections are deep while emotions are superficial. And, And I do think it's worth even clarifying, like, superficial sounds uh, shallow or fake. Yeah. That's kind of how we use it. But I don't think that's what Edwards is saying. I think he's just talking about like something that bubbles up to the surface, mm-hmm. something that, you know, bursts out in laughter or something that bursts out in tears or something, something that is right there at the surface. Um, but may not necessarily just because I'm laughing in that moment, it may not actually be moving towards deep joy in mm-hmm. my heart. Um, or just because I'm crying in that moment, uh, doesn't mean that it's moving towards deep, uh, grief or repentance or those kinds of things. Yep, yep. Um, 
third, and I thought this was really interesting, that affections are consistent with my beliefs. Uh, so again, uh, an example I used on Sunday, my belief that this child is my son or my daughter is going to affect my affections for them. Uh, my belief that Jesus died for me and, and loved me enough to do that should, you know, affect my affections, to use that word twice there, um, whereas emotions are sometimes overpowering. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that they actually can, can, even if I believe a certain thing, my emotions can uh, kind of run roughshod over me and almost overtake me and even push me against the things I believe, which I know this is something that you work with a lot mm-hmm. in, in you, you counsel a lot of students, yep. uh, college students that come through you and that are working through, mm-hmm. um, not like they, they might know the right answers. They might believe the right things, but their emotions mm-hmm. of anxiety mm-hmm. or of fear or grief or those things are, are overwhelming their stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, how do you actually, by the way, so how do you train a person back towards, um, I mean, you've, you've already told them what they need to know, <laughs> but the emotions are actually taking over. Yeah. And, and it's just like, there's, it's not like there's more information or maybe there is, I don't know. What do you mm-hmm. do in that moment when emotions are overrunning us rather than letting our beliefs and our affections do that? Yeah. And I would say, I mean, it's a little bit individual, right? Mm-hmm. There's a piece of that depends on their maturity level and some other areas mm-hmm. where we start from and how we talk through it. And even if they're in the, like a middle of a meltdown, yeah, right? Where yeah. you're in kind of a middle of like feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. How I'll talk through that might be different than someone that's like reflecting back and realizing they're feeling overwhelmed. And so I would say in general, um, this is very blanket because that covers a lot of things, yeah. is trying to help them see what is true, mm. right? And taking them back to the things that are steady, mm. that we can count on. And so we're going back to God's word. And so trying to help them pinpoint like what it is that's causing this anxiety mm-hmm. in them that's causing some um, upheaval of some kind mm-hmm. and kind of marking that down. Like, okay, so it's schoolwork or it's relational or it's um, I don't feel near to the Lord. Like those yeah. are kind of common categories. Yep. And then forcing them <laughs> at some level to get in God's word to go, okay, but what does God say is true? Yeah. And then we're going to go back to that again and again. It's that repent and believe in my mind, Yeah. right? That my actions are overflowing, this overwhelming, but it's something that's begun in my head a long time ago, and it's now beginning to overflow into what I do. And so it's how do I set my mind on the things above, and how do I set my mind on Christ? How do my eyes fix on him? Hmm. And part of that is going to be I have to know what the Bible says is true. Hmm. So sometimes they've never considered that, and we need to start there. Um, Some of it is like their habits, yeah. what they choose to do yeah. with their time. They've kind of stirred up like, okay, so you've never prepared for this test. No wonder you're anxious about your test. Yeah, yeah. Um, you spend five hours looking at your phone. That's probably too many hours looking at your Instagram. So there's some like habits that we have to walk through also um, that are causing some of these big feelings to bubble up and overwhelm us because we haven't developed any of our habits mm-hmm. that would help formulate yeah. better plans throughout the day yeah so this is like it's interesting because you know what i said is you don't they may have all the information Mm -hmm. right and so sometimes they don't and you need to remind them what's true in scripture but what you're saying is yeah sometimes they may have it but that doesn't mean they need to 
they, they don't need to be drawn back to it yep. again and again. again. And they again. need to be reminded again of what is true, what is true, regardless of how I feel. Yeah. Well, things. it's kind of going back to, I mean, our retreat, just to give you guys a snippet, right? It's going back to the basis of, like, how do I cultivate prayer and being in God's word mm-hmm. and being on mission, right? And it's the basics yeah. of our faith that we keep coming back to again and again. And Mike told us we're all terrible at it. Yeah. Which was a nice reminder. Mike, Mike Ackerman was uh, <laughs> came out and spoke to our students. Yeah, it, and, which is helpful, right? It's helpful to hear, like, yeah, we need to grow in this. We need to mature in this. And some of these things that overwhelm us, like, would actually dissipate the more we create these habits in our lives. Yes, it's good. That's good. And it's not even. I don't even think that's be, like like. I mean, I've, I've said it Sunday. I think I said it here, but like. Not that emotions are bad. Mm-mm. Great things. I'm so grateful for the joy I get to feel in moments that it bubbles up to the surface. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for, you know, being moved in worship at those kinds of times. Those can be some great things. Uh, but there's a point at which that when they begin to work against the things that we know that are true. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think this this really does play out. This can they work against affection sometimes when mm-hmm. I let bitterness mm-hmm. um, or rivalry or envy drive me. Uh, against my brothers or sisters and in those moments I've got to come to what is true otherwise um, emotions emotions can actually be a part of our affections Mm -hmm. they can spring up from our affections they can actually work against proper affections yeah so yeah um, I think I've only had one girl um, and this was recently just completely overwhelmed by the Lord's goodness to her uh, right uh, where the emotion actually fit yeah like yes. it totally fit like, yeah, we should probably be more overwhelmed by his yes. affections for us. Yes. And she was, she was completely just couldn't even begin to process what that was. That's so cool. And that's so cool. Yep. But yeah, one, I've yep. had one of those. <laughs> yes. A lot of times they're, they're pushing in the, in the opposite yes, direction. It goes the other way. Things. Yeah. Okay. Let me give you these other two real quick. Um, uh, number four, Jonathan Edwards says, affections always result in action. Whereas uh, emotions, what's his line here, uh, are often unable to produce action. Mm-hmm. And this is where I do think of like the camp highs, yeah. right? Where like, dude, I've, I've gone and I've, I've actually, I think I would say I've had those moments where I have felt overwhelmed by the goodness of the Lord mm. at camp. Mm-hmm. And it's been a great thing. I felt overwhelmed by the goodness of the Lord on Sunday morning mm. in our services. And then I've, I have seen to my sadness sometimes how that does not even produce the desired act. Even two hours later mm-hmm. at my house, how it's not producing the desired actions in me. Yeah. Um, that I need something. I, I, I don't regret those moments at all, Mm-mm. but I need something steadier than that, something deeper than that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, number five, last one, uh, that affections involve the mind, the will, and the feeling. Whereas emotions are often disconnected from the mind and the will, yep. uh, which is what you were just talking about. This yeah. is why we take them back to information. Yep. This is why we take them back to, and information is a really like cold way to say <laughs> that, right? To what is true. Mm-hmm. We bring them back to the truth of God's word. We bring them back to what we know he says about himself mm-hmm. and about us yep. over and over again. Uh, but I think to, to be able to differentiate between those two things and go, okay, yeah, I may not be an emotional person, but I can still have affections. Mm-hmm. Or um, I, am, I, I am deeply emotional, but actually I'm realizing most of my relationship with the Lord is based in emotion, mm-hmm. uh, based in the fact that I have a personality that is mm-hmm. kind of like that and expressive, but there's not really much depth yeah. of love in me. Uh, to be able to discern between those two things I think is helpful. Mm-hmm. 
So and it tell, takes time. Yes. Right? That's yes. the thing. It's going to take some time because we even change over time. Mm. Right? And our understanding of who God is and who we are changes over time. And so um, so being patient with it, I think that's the thing mm. when we talk about affection and feelings. like Because feelings themselves are not bad. They're just indicators mm. of some things. Yeah. Right? They are given to us from the Lord. And so they are a gift yes. and help us see some things when I'm feeling very overwhelmed. Something is internally not quite yes. steady. Right. And so it's kind of a warning light that we get to come back to Mm -hmm. and the Lord's goodness to give us. So how do we cultivate those both sides over time? Right. Because we're not cold and unfeeling to be overwhelmed by his goodness and the people's goodness. Yes. Gosh, that's it makes sense because it's like it. As I think about it, I think this is true in every case, except for maybe your kids. But I got to think about this a little bit like affections are almost always something like they're, they're almost never automatic, mm-hmm. right? Even I think about, man, I had affections for my, I, you know, I have deep affection for my wife, mm-hmm. but really what I, what I was experiencing early on was probably much more emotional, mm-hmm. uh, right? It was, it was the puppy love and the butterflies and all yeah. that stuff. But we, I, I stuck with her long enough to get to know her well enough mm-hmm. for affections to develop yeah. and, and served her long enough and allowed her to serve me long enough for affections to develop. And, and so we should probably, I don't know why we would expect it to be different with God. Right. right. And, and even kids to some degree, um, some of the reason the affection is there is because you've been waiting for them. It's you've kind of known them before you've known them, yep. right? Anyway, you've been waiting for them while while you've been pregnant or while you've been waiting to adopt, and mm-hmm. it's like you've been praying for them and all those things. So even that, you've kind of known them before you've known them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that your affections for your kids develop as you know them, you yeah. know, in different ways than than even when they're first born and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So it should just it should make sense if you don't feel like you're supposed to feel about God or about your brothers and sisters in Christ right now, uh, don't give up. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean, well, I just, I guess I just won't. No. Every significant relationship in your life has required time yep. for it to, to get that way. So let me, let me ask you to kind of, as we're kind of closing out, what have you done in your own life? If someone's listening and going, okay, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I do have the proper kinds of affections towards God and people mm-hmm. that I should. So what do I do mm-hmm. for you? What does what that look like? And you touched a little bit on yep. that earlier, but, but parse that out a little bit for us specifically. Like what, what kind of things have you done? What kind of things do you recommend to people as they're trying to develop this? Yeah. Um, I mean, a big one would be starting with prayer, like praying for the Lord to, to stir up these desires in you, right? For my affections to be steady and not so fleeting. Um, if that is kind of the area and if you're, you lean more like me for there to be for there to be more emotion, right? To gather with my brothers and sisters, um, and as they mourn, I mourn, and as they grieve, I grieve. And so asking the Lord to stir those desires. Um, so it kind of depends on your leaning, mm-hmm. but asking the Lord, like, bring to fruition what is of you, mm-hmm. right? Help us to look more like Jesus in this, who is going to be perfect at all of these things, mm-hmm. right? Where he can speak truth very boldly. Uh, and then heal like the deep brokenness, like a physical and emotional and uh, spiritual sin that yeah. people were like all of those layers. Like he could be both at yeah. all at the same time, um, and his spirit empowers us to do that. And so, asking him to do that in us hmm. as we do ministry, and I don't mean like vocational. I mean as believers. Like this is for all of us. Like how do we do both of these? So I'd say asking the Lord to stir those desires, and I'd say praying. Praying for, I think, 
your brothers and sisters in a different way. I think it is hard to be bitter and angry at someone that you are praying good things for. Yes. Okay, so this is different, by the way, right? Because yes. <laughs> both of these are praying. Yes. One is actually asking God to give these kinds of desires. Yep. One is actually sort of like, uh, is sort of love action, mm-hmm. right? Which is the way I can love my brothers and sisters is I pray good things for them. Yep. Even if I don't feel like yep. I want good things yep. for them, I pray those things. And you're saying as you begin to do those things. Yep. Yeah, there's a there's a softening that comes, right? Mm-hmm. I think there was a long time like I prayed that the Lord would help me love them, which is a piece of it, Yeah. right? And I needed to do, grow in that. But a piece of it was like praying like the fruition of the Spirit to go in them, Yeah. right? For the Lord's work to be done in them. And so that changes my heart because I begin wanting that for them. Yeah. And it's hard not to love them when you're wanting those good things for them. Yeah. And I don't have a place for bitterness and anger when that is my stance towards them as I'm on my knees asking the Lord to do something. Um, so I think that was a piece is a lot of prayer. And then we talked about like being in God's Word, Yeah. right? To know what is true of me and of yeah. the Lord, like you've got to know that, right? If I'm going to put everything in proper alignment, I've got to spend time in his word. Hmm. Like, yeah, that's I, just got to be a piece of it. Yeah, you know, on Sunday, I I talked about this idea of like staring at a sunset, right? And mm-hmm. you can, there's two ways to do that. You know, one is to, to look at the sunset and enjoy the beauty of it and let that kind of lead you to mm-hmm. awe and good feelings, whatever you want to call it. And the other is to... Look at the sunset, but be focusing on your own feelings and mm-hmm. asking how much am I enjoying this and it do I you know how much is this moving me, which kills it all completely, yep. right? But there's actually a third way, um, and that is just to ignore the sunset completely, yep. right? And if I never if I never pause if I never travel out to the Rockies and watch the sunset over the mountains, then I never get the I never get to feel the awe of that, mm-hmm. and and. I think it's it's simple, right? It's so basic. Read your Bible, be in the Word, right? But let's just be honest that, like, if you don't, don't expect these kinds of affections to come to you when you are not um, basking yourself in mm-hmm. the glow of God's Word and he, and these truths about Him. It's mm-hmm. just like for and and I probably I probably can't expect to get a ton of it if I'm spending. 10 minutes in his word and mm-hmm. five hours on TikTok. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I'm probably just naturally going to be more fascinated mm-hmm. by TikTok things, yep. uh, by life hacks and by, you know what I mean? And, and influencers on, on how to be more healthy and all these things. I'm going to be, I'm probably just going to be more fascinated by those yep. things because I spent more time staring at them. And so I, I, I think that that's as basic as it may sound to people. I think it's so important. Yep. It's good. Well, and I think, a piece of that, and all of this, I think, for me, was to be okay being uncomfortable. Hmm. Like, I think that is the life as we mature, like letting go of more and more myself to the Lord, hmm. right? And so there's a lot of things I study in Scripture that I didn't, like, right away know what to do with. And I had to be okay being uncomfortable with that for a long time hmm. and to sit in with that and to not see the fruit of my prayers for a long time. Hmm. And to just be uncomfortable with that and trust the Lord in the processing of that, like, like that's the sanctification that I can't. And so I think growing to be more and more okay with uncomfortable, yeah, right? To be uncomfortable in my emotions when he does overwhelm me and to just sit in that for a yeah. little bit and go, this is good. Like, this is not a bad thing because that's where I would be most uncomfortable. Yeah. Like the list is easy. The sitting with him and being just overwhelmed by him and just weeping before him Right. And, but it's, I have to be okay being uncomfortable. Yeah. 
That's for good. long periods of time, potentially. Yes. Well, and that, what you just said, the discomfort of not seeing the fruit of your prayers mm-hmm. immediately. Man, that's something I think is worth uh, worth uh, thinking on and, and hanging on to for a little bit, to, uh, that we don't immediately see what we want. Mm-hmm. And to, be, to be okay sitting in that discomfort and continuing to ask for it. Yep. Man, so good. Um, Gosh, thanks for thanks for sharing, Randy. Thanks for I having appreciate me. You. Yeah, appreciate you sitting down and, and doing that. Uh, join us next week, where Randy will be demonstrating different Taekwondo moves for us. It's going to be trying all, not to hurt it, myself. It's going to be all audio, so it's going to be weird. It's going to she's just going to have to be describing what she's doing, <laughs> but it'll be cool. No, uh, <laughs> listen, we we gosh, we want for you, our brothers and sisters, what we want for us, and that is for us to be filled with joy in the Lord. We want us to be filled with joy in, in Jesus and to be in love with uh, him and his bride and, and for those things. And so oh, I hope this has been beneficial, but as always, we want you to know, man, we would love to share with you. We would love to talk with you about any of these things as you're working through them. We'll see you guys next time.